Sound like the usual mindless, boring, getting to know you chit chat. Welcome into the Green Insider Podcast, powered by Renewable. I am your host, Fred Davis. Episode 33 coming at you, Power Chat Edition. Get you out of here in 10 minutes or less, and we're very excited about our guest today, Miss Colleen Miggle, shareholder from Kilmer, Crosby, and Quadros, talking all things. ERCOT fallout, including the bankruptcies, what to do if your energy provider declared bankruptcy, how government immunity will have an impact on the wrongful death lawsuits that have been filed against ERCOT. And of course, Miss Miggle will put on her prognosticator hat, pull out her crystal ball and tell us what she thinks the legislature is going to do in the wake of the ERCOT fallout. So without further ado, this is the Power Chat. Please welcome Colleen Miggle. I started writing down the last 30 days, a snapshot of what has occurred since the snowstorm hit. Number one, no one expected this to happen. We always feel like people that we put in place are competent and we don't even blink to think that somehow we're unprepared, right? We, we throw millions of dollars into this industry and to think that something like that could happen is just it's almost unfathomable. So I was outlining it and starting, you know, really Brazos Power, March 1st, Just Energy, filed to Chapter 13 on March 9th, roughly, Gritty on the 15th, like Brilliant was on the March 16th, and then you got Entrust Energy on the 30th. So you've got just a whole buzz of bankruptcies as soon as people realized that the PUC and ERCOT were not going to cut them slack. And then the governor and the lieutenant governor were all saying everybody needs relief. And of course, you got the PUC and, and ERCOT kind of taking the stance of let's not unscramble this egg. Once I saw that one line item in the news, you know, that snippet, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun because they're saying they don't want to unscramble this egg. And in fact, it really is an, an egg that was very difficult to unscramble, right? But just as much as you see all the dominoes falling, there's also just so much activity on the MA side as well. You've got NRG and you've got MP2 making moves into the market, picking up some of those distressed books of business. And you even have other bigger players. I think I just saw Mitsubishi getting a rep certificate. Not sure what their plans are there. Don't know anybody there. So, you know, who knows? But you also see some new players with some cash coming into the market and saying this is a great time to enter into the market. So it's going to be interesting to see how all this falls out. I'm anticipating more bankruptcies, though. I mean, the five that we saw were just in the last 30 days or so. I know it's April now, but I don't think that it's over. If you're a Just Energy or something like that, customer, what does that mean now that they're that they're going bankrupt? As a customer, there's a mechanism called Polar, P-O-L-R, provider of last resort. You get switched to another supplier, and there's some pre-designated suppliers that are listed with PUC and ERCOT. They're pre-listed. Usually, they're the larger ones, like NRG. TXU is saying, we'll take some. Uh, obviously, they want to take them because the way that all of this works is economies of scale. The larger book of business that they can, they can push down that overhead cost across more customers um, so they want to get bigger and and it's simple mathematics simple economics why they want to get bigger 
you're just going to get really automatically switched. But what you want to be careful of is you don't want to be stuck on a plan that you don't want. So as soon as you get switched and everything is, is now realigned, you then really need to be switching again. You need to go ahead and shop it because what you're being switched over to isn't necessarily what you're going to want. There's certain protections in place, but again, it's just making sure there's some continuity that you're not going to lose electricity. Really, the ones that are being affected most directly are, in fact, the suppliers. Some of these renewable companies that are in the market, they don't necessarily have a rep certificate. They could even care less. I mean, it does affect them in the market generally. That being said, I think they're going to be looking towards the legislature in general to see if renewable energy can help fill the gap that was just so obviously there, where we see our plants going down and then the wind turbines were freezing. So it'd be interesting to see if they pitch themselves one way or another saying we can fill the gap, we just need to freeze proof our wind turbines and then we can we don't need to go build another plant. Although I also see Warren Buffett with Berkshire Hathaway saying, oh, we'll go and build a new plant for you. <laughs> they clearly think that there's some money and opportunity in there. I mean, I wouldn't bet against Warren Buffett, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> this is kind of the sad part about being an attorney is you can see how things will play out. And sometimes it's not always in the best. It's not really how you think that it will turn out, right? And, and to be frank, there's probably some government immunity, at least partially there. I'm not how I'm not sure how far it will extend. And that's that's actually, uh, you know, I, I do anticipate those cases continuing to go up through the courts, um, even continuing through the Texas Supreme Court. We'll see if it even exceeds the Texas Supreme Court just because, you know, Texas has a little bit of a conflicting interest at some point. Um, so government immunity is a huge hurdle for those plaintiffs. And my heart goes out to those families, especially ones where maybe they were uh, connected to a medical device that really needed to be connected to, you know, an electrical outlet. And that's just really a preventable death. There's not really a good way to say it, but I, I'm not anticipating that they're going to get as much as they think they're going to get or that they're hoping for. I, I really, my heart goes out to them. I wouldn't want to be the attorney representing the government saying that they can't get any money because of government immunity. And a little bit of a parallel, right? You, we all remember the age bonfire which was very tragic and what a lot of people don't know is that it occurred on university property and because it, it occurred on university property their damages were capped and all those families actually had to divide up a fixed sum of money and that sum of money was way lower than you would expect in fact I think if you go and look up what the cap is you'd probably be really shocked at how small that number was and, and of course now they say no bonfires on campus anymore you have to do it off campus but when things happen and it involves the government it's tough it's tough to recover we have some design issues in ERCOT, and it doesn't mean that deregulation was wrong. It doesn't mean that we need to go completely back to way that it was before deregulation, but there are certain tweaks that need to be made. And right now, you know, every time I see an article coming out talking about a Senate bill or whether it's being passed and, and how that is, you know, the normal congressional process is working, right? The legislative process. I'm still not seeing 
what it's going to take to fix what caused this in the first place. So I'm very hopeful that, you know what, if it's not getting fixed in this session, that we then have to wait another two years for any kind of additional relief in that area of the law, at least in Texas. They're not doing everything that they need to be doing. They could be doing more. So easy to throw darts, throw a pie. At, at, no one wants to really touch this. I don't think anybody wants their name on it. <laughs> I think you can see, you know, the governors uh, not wanting to, to touch this too closely, right? It's the hot potato that nobody really wants. <laughs> but you have to do it. They got to do their job. I know that they're trying the whole concept of unscrambling an egg, right? There is a problem there. And I wish I had a solution because then I'd go right. <laughs> I'd go write someone saying this is how you're going to fix everything, right? It's not that simple. And I think the general public thinks that it's that simple. And it's not there's a lot that goes into it. I'm not saying backdoor deals, but just the way that they get to the math, the way they calculate it. There's a reason why it's not super transparent. It's because to be transparent, you'd have to explain everything. And an average person would just have a really hard time understanding it. Thank you so much for that. Once again, Miss Miggle, you can find all of the Green Insider podcast, Power Chatter otherwise, at Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and of course at the website, eRenew.net. Stick around next week as the eRenewable team has a very big announcement coming up. We'll have Mr. Mike Niemer, CEO and founder of eRenewable, to jump on to discuss that. And of course, then we'll have Jeff Marola, Executive Vice President as well as co-founder of Intelometry, will join us next as well. This has been the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. We make going green easier.